0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Amen. We've been talking about, uh, for last week, anyhow, and this tonight, The impact of having an encounter with God. And I believe every single one of us has had an encounter with God. If you've been born again, you certainly have had an encounter with Almighty God, right? Amen. Appreciate your enthusiasm tonight. Being so excited tonight. Amen. But we talked about how an encounter with God can absolutely impact a person's life, transform a person's life, create a passion within their heart to live for God, to love Him, obey Him, honor Him, serve Him, and walk with Him. And so we saw other individuals from the Bible. For example, we saw men like Moses at the burning bush who had an encounter with God that changed not only his nation, but Egypt as well. So we see two nations impacted just by this one encounter with Almighty God. And then we we talked about someone like Isaiah who saw the Lord high and lifted up and full of glory. His train filled the temple. The angels cried, Holy. And we see the impact that it had upon him. And it was a mighty work that took place in his life. He became the prophet of God and, and proclaimed So many things, especially the redemptive chapter, Isaiah 53. And then, of course, you know, Paul the Apostle. Oh, my goodness, what a transformation, what an impact. Not only on his life, but also the whole church. Imagine that on the Damascus Road, trying to kill all Christians, put them in jail, whether it's male or female, didn't matter. But he had an encounter with Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, his whole life changed in an instant. Something that probably couldn 't be done with hours and hours and hours of counseling takes place on that Damascus road when he has that revelation uh, of Jesus, and then he goes on and writes two thirds of the of the New Testament and gives us revelation that has blessed all of us, uh, even the apostles themselves were Peter himself talked about and said what he has taught is hard to be heard or understood, and that 's Peter talking about that. Then we have Mary, the mother of Jesus. And imagine that encounter with angel Gabriel, who said that she would conceive in her womb the Son of God. And of course, we know the impact that has had upon her life. Just look at that one decision to be obedient to God. Now, she, Mary, is exalted above all the women of the earth. Imagine that. One encounter. Look what it did. Well, then, of course, we talked about how just from the experience that Isaiah had, The impact that it had involved clarity. It involved conviction. It involved also cleansing. And then he was sent out, commissioned to do the work that God had for him. And we talked a little bit about those. And so thank God. When I was was talking about clarity, that song came to my mind. It was probably dating me if I even say it. Remember clarity? Remember the song by, I think it was Johnny Nash that said, I can see clearly now. Think about I can see clearly now. The rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Conviction of all the things that are there that could hinder the process or the progress. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. I couldn't see. I was blind. Right? Think about that. I thought, how fitting are those lyrics? It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. Because, see, I can see things now. Sometimes it takes us a while to have our eyes open to really see with clarity what God's all about, what his plan is all about for all of our lives and all that. But praise God, we can get to that point, to that place if we really, truly seek the face of God to know. So as we continue our study, look in uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. First thing, let's put it up there first. The first thing is the reasons for spiritual encounters that God gives us is to communicate his plans to us. And we see this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, with Zacharias and Elizabeth. There appeared unto him an angel. There is the encounter of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayers are heard, is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And God said unto Noah, Mo, oh, that's not good. <laughs> Zechariah went to Noah, <laughs> and many of the children of Israel shall turn to the Lord their God, and He shall go before them in the spirit and the power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Wonderful! Let's let's do it. Now he said, Whereby shall I know this? From an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel. That stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because you believe not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Would you say Gabriel was a little bit perturbed? I would say that he was, wouldn't you? Now, here we have uh, God wanting to communicate his plan to Zacharias about his wife. His son that's going to be born, John. He's going to be the forerunner to the Messiah coming into the earth, right? And so he's giving him this revelation to explain to him what's going to happen. And what does Zacharias do? He doesn't believe it. He exalts exalts reasoning above what? Revelation. Now notice this, and this is important. Zacharias, in this office he was standing in as a priest, only once in a lifetime would he be able to burn incense in the holy place. Once in a lifetime. Period. Now think about it. So when he goes in to burn this incense. Gabriel comes and appears to him. Now this isn't an everyday occurrence is it? And gives him. All that information. And what does he do? I'm an old man. My wife's old. He exalts reason. Above revelation. And of course, Gabriel's not happy with him and says, now you're not going to talk until this comes to pass because your words are full of death, not life. And of course, would you say that encounter impacted his life? I'm sure it spoke deeply to his heart, did it not? Okay. So one of the reasons for a divine encounter, something like this here would be to give us or to communicate God's plan to us. And that's exactly what he was doing. And remember this, I know that God's a sovereign God. But what does sovereignty mean? Does it mean he can do what he wants, when he wants, however he wants? If he wants? No. I guess on one hand you can say yes. But you have to qualify that by saying this. He can do what he wants, when he wants, if he wants, how he wants, because he's a sovereign God. But once he makes a covenant, and once he swears by an oath... He cannot change what he said. He has to bring it to pass or he becomes a liar. And that's just the way it is. So if he wants to appear to someone like Zacharias, he can because he's the almighty God. And so if we want to have an encounter with God... The best thing that we could do is position ourselves to have that encounter with God. These two people were always serving the Lord, walking with God, honoring Him, studying, praying, etc., etc., etc. And as a result, of course, God granted them a divine visitation because of His great plan. So if we put put ourselves in a position to receive an encounter with Him, we can have an encounter with Him. But once again, some of that is up to Him as to exactly how it takes place. Okay, number two, to give a specific assignment. Now Noah comes into the picture in the book of Genesis to give a specific assignment. Okay, notice this. And God said to Noah, here's his encounter. Now, when you read that, God said to Noah, doesn't your mind go like, okay, how did he speak to Noah? Did he text him? Facebook? Facebook? Okay, Aaron said he spoke face to face. But what does that do to you? Imagine that. Somehow, some way, there was a direct connect between Noah and the living God who said, Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. Wow. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shall thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And we're not going to read the whole thing. You know the story of Noah and the ark. But here, he gives him an assignment. Why? Because he needs someone to see to it that he protects the righteous line of the seed of the woman. The woman, we've been told, is going to produce a seed that will do what? Bruised the head of the serpent, even though his heel would be bruised. And that had to be protected in the earth. Now, I know how your mind thinks. I know how mind thinks. I go all the way back to the beginning, and when I see with Adam and Eve sinning against God and setting in motion everything that is wicked and everything that is evil, how it must have hurt the heart of God. But immediately, what does God do? He speaks up and He says... I'll put enmity, enmity between thee, thy seed, and her, your seed, her, their seed, your seed, and he will bruise your head, and thou shalt bruise his he heel. So in other words, someone's going to be born into this world that is going to absolutely destroy you and get back the authority that Adam gave over to you. And so now he is giving an assignment to see to it that he does something to protect that righteous line so the righteous line will find its way into the earth. And if the whole earth was wicked at that point... That God actually repented that he ever made man from his heart. Think about that. He said, this is something I have to do. I'm sure he didn't like doing it. But this is something I have to do to protect the righteous line. Otherwise the Messiah will not come and everybody will perish. Aren't you glad Noah built an ark? Amen. I know I am. And then also number three, to reveal his very heart. You can have a counter with almighty God. Because he wants to reveal his heart to you. And I had one of these that was powerful when I was at school. But before that, look at uh, John's Gospel, chapter 8. This is the woman that was taken in adultery. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives and early in the morning, he came again to the temple and all the people came unto him and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had sat her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? And of course they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground and though as though he heard them not. So then they continued asking him, Uh, He lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? had no one condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now she had an encounter with the mercy of God. She had a powerful encounter with the grace of God. Remember, this is the time of the law. And Jesus is showing that the mercy of God even goes higher than the law. And even though, yes, she was caught in adultery, he had mercy on her. Revealing the heart of God is not really to judge and destroy people's lives, but to restore people's lives. And that's a wonderful place to have an encounter with God, to know that no matter who you are, we all fall short, we all miss the mark and all that, but His mercy endures forever. It's renewed every single morning. Why? Because we're up every morning, and we need it. Can you say amen? We need it every single morning. But this woman, she embraced the mercy of God, and can you imagine the impact that encounter had upon her life from that moment on, everywhere she went as she went through life? I was reading an article about this, and check this one out. This person, don't know him, but in this article, he said, now see, it was important for her to be caught in adultery so that she could be forgiven. That God intended her to be caught in adultery. In other words, this, it was a wonderful thing that she was involved in adultery and got caught. I don't think God thinks that way. I think for the most part, it would have been better for her never to have commit adultery. That's why he gave the commandment. That's why he gave the law. Right? So if she would have just obeyed the law, there wouldn't have been a need for her to go through that. But yes, thank God that she was forgiven. But he said to her, go and sin no more. And that's what we need here today. Go and sin no more. Do your best. Receive his mercy, but also receive his grace, which is his power of operation to help us overcome the next time we're challenged. Look at the next one. To reveal himself. In John's Gospel, chapter 4. Before we look at it. To reveal himself. But before we read that. My encounter as I was saying earlier, was when uh, I was at school and as I was sitting in the class and listening to the teacher, it was Brother Hagen at that time teaching from his book um, Growing Up Spiritually About the Love of God you know we all come from the same Adam don't we? And we all have all kinds of challenges that we face in life. We all come from different backgrounds, maybe personalities and all have different family histories and all that. And sometimes we struggle with different things. Maybe to one, this is no problem. But it could be low self-esteem, low self-image, and that sort of thing. And a matter of fact, I think because of the fall of man, a lot of people struggle along that line. So as I was sitting there in my chair, listening to the preacher preach, Brother Hagan was talking about the love of God. He was quoting the love chapter, talking about how God loves us and that sort of thing. He said, open up your Bible to John 16, 27. And I did. And as I opened up my Bible to John 16, 27, you can't explain this. It's hard to explain, but as I was sitting there, all of a sudden it was as if that verse just lifted up off the page, and I was elevated spiritually to a different plane of spirituality or spiritual um, revelation. Like I was suspended. Everything else around me was suspended, and all they heard was way in the distance, I heard his voice way in the background. But right where I was sitting, it was almost as if I was even elevated out of my seat. I just sat there, and I heard these words. For the Father himself loves you because you've loved me and believe I came out from God. It was almost as if Jesus himself was just conveying that to me. You talk about a God encounter. And I sat there in that atmosphere for I don't know how long, but I know that when I got done from that atmosphere, I went right back to where he was finally concluding the class. But it was a place of warmth. It was a place of love. It was a place of acceptance. It was just a wonderful, wonderful encounter. A wonderful place to experience something like that. And I could never doubt the love of God, number one, because the scriptures tell us that He loved us so much, He gave us a son. But also I can say that I can attest to the love of God for myself personally because I can never deny that experience or encounter that I had with God. And you talk about just just building up your faith and doing something to you on the inside that helps you better understand the fact that man I'm not alone in this thing that God really does love me thank God for that but if he never did it I'm still supposed to believe that he loves me so now let's read the verses he wants to reveal himself also in John chapter 4 verse 19 everybody knows this woman she's the woman at the well right she's a Samaritan woman and you know the story he was uh, talking with her about getting water he would give her water that would spring up to everlasting life and all that Well, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour has come when you shall neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship the Father. You worship what you know not. You know not what? We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers of God shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah, is when he cometh, which is called Christ, when he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Put yourself there at the well. What an encounter. You think she ever encountered anything like this before? I, that speaketh unto thee, am He. wo what an impact! Well, what was there an impact? Oh, I guarantee you there was an impact. Go on down, in in the other verses there, verse thirty-nine. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there. Two days. And many more believed because of his own word and said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of your saying or testifying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So, what do we see here in this encounter? What kind of impact did it have? Here's a woman that has, she's had five husbands supposedly, and the man she's living with is not her husband, right? And Jesus called her on it and said that that was the truth kind of read her mail, and she is so impacted by their dialogue and by this encounter with Jesus that she leaves him and she goes back to her village. And guess what? This woman who's probably an outcast because of the lifestyle that she's living all of a sudden becomes an evangelist. She is going to house, house to house, telling people you've got to see this. Something happened in this woman that impacted her life in such a way it changed her from the inside out and she began to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah to all these people and all of a sudden they all coming out to see him, to meet him and praise God, many now believe that he is the Messiah, the son of the living God but this was a revelation that came to her Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah so when people say, well he didn't say who he was oh yes he did he told people who he was look at the next one, to manifest his glory And this, again, an amazing encounter that these individuals had that impacted them in such a powerful way. It produced within them a boldness to stand for what they believed in. This next one, to manifest his glory. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17. This is the transfiguration. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as uh, the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias or Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto, unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if thou will. Now, Peter, sometimes you should just be quiet. Because, you know, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, as if they want to be on the earth when they're in glory. Mm-hmm. While he had spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a, behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, what? This is my beloved son in whom I am well. Please hear ye him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. You talk about an encounter that impacted them in such a way as they reflected later on on all the things that they had seen and all the things that they had heard. It produced within them a boldness to stand for what they believed in no matter what the consequence. As a matter of fact, look at 1 John chapter 1. First couple of verses, first three verses. This is John who was there on that Mount of Transfiguration. This is John who is writing to convince people that he was deity, it is gospel, and now in his epistle, here's what he says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life, for the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested to unto us, that we, that which we have seen, and heard, declare unto you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. When you hear that... Against the backdrop of people saying he was just another good person. He was just a teacher. He was just a good role model, etc., etc. He said, oh, no, 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 no. You should have been with me on the Mount of Transfiguration when I saw him aglow and Moses who stands for the law and Elijah who stands for the prophets. And I saw Jesus, the Messiah, and arrayed in glory like you've never seen. Don't tell me. He's not who he said he is. I saw him. I heard him. Handled him. Walked with him. Ate with him after his resurrection. And you talk about boldness to proclaim Jesus. They had it. When you have a a direct encounter with God. You know one encounter with God like that. Can benefit you more than probably a thousand sermons. You can preach and preach and preach and preach. It reminds me of of Norval Hayes' daughter Zona. When the angel appeared to her, she was doing a life of drugs and all that, and backsliding and not walking with God. He's the preacher, and he's concerned she's going to destroy his ministry, and he didn't know what to do, and finally turned her, her over to the Lord. And one day he preached, he preached, he preached through her, and then finally the Lord says, if "You practice what you preach. You're, you're condemning her and all that. Just walk in love and turn her over to me." And one day her angel appeared to her when she was strung out on drugs and all that, and just looked. As she was lying in her bed, just looked straight at her like that. There, just. Just look right at her. She sobered up, got up. Did rededicate her life back to the Lord? Went off to Bible school and is ministering in a church and teaching and preaching the Word of God. One look from an angel. One encounter just like that can change a life. Oh, hallelujah. Think about that. That's gone astray. And thank God for a father who would stand in the gap and make up the hedge. Next one. To give a foretaste of heaven. Hmm. What a revelation we have. Now here, John, this is Paul's, but John had one in the book of Revelation when he was caught up. Remember, he was caught up and he's told to come up hither. He gave us the revelation and all that. Here, this is Paul. Look at the 2nd Corinthians chapter 12. This is Paul the Apostle, who had some encounters. The first one, of course, on the Damascus Road. This man wanted nothing to do with Jesus. One encounter. He goes 180 and he starts preaching. See, Paul means builder. Saul means destroyer. He went from destroyer to builder with one encounter with Jesus. How impacting was that? It is not expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. He's talking about himself. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such and one what caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, he that, how that he was caught up into the paradise, he heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. And you think about this revelation, you think about when this occurred, and you think about Paul and all that he had gone through. You think about the beatings, the whippings, you think about the rods, three times he's being with rods on the bottom of his feet to stop him from going from place to place and proclaiming Jesus. And the five times the cat of nine tails across his back. I can't even imagine one time the cat of nine tails for about 39 strikes, let alone five times having that happen to him, left out in the sea for a night and a day and all that he had encountered, all that he went through, people trying to kill him everywhere he went. But I'm telling you, this man was caught up. This man had a a vision of glory. He saw a revelation of heaven and and all that it was about. This man was so empowered and impacted by what he had witnessed and seen that there was nothing that could drive it out from his heart and mind. No matter how he was persecuted, what was his bold declaration of all the persecutions? The Lord has delivered me out of them. All the afflictions, the persecutions. Look, one Encounter like that with God is powerful. And sometimes here we are, once again, trying to get our, our, maybe our sons, our daughters, and, and maybe our grandchildren, and, and maybe our friends and neighbors and other family members to come to Christ to serve God. What we should be doing is standing in the gap, making the hedge and say, May God show yourself. Show yourself. Show yourself to these people. In whatever way, give them a revelation of your glory of your power, of your person, of your might, of who you are. Because I'm telling you, that will take someone's life and absolutely turn it around for the good. Amen. When sometimes preaching won't even do it. And then also, look at the last one. To advance the kingdom of God here upon the earth. To advance the kingdom of God. These are just some. Look at the book of Acts. Here we have Cornelius, the um, centurion of the Italian band, and Peter. Peter. And they both have an encounter with an angel and they're given direction and insight and so on. Here, this is uh, Peter. Cornelius sends people to his house to get Peter to come to his house, who was a Gentile, right? So on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up upon the house, top to pray about the sixth hour. He became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw Heaven open. I would call that an encounter, wouldn't you? A tremendous encounter with God. And a certain vessel descending unto him, and as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise. Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, "No, not so, Lord. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean." And the voice spake unto him again, the second time, "What God hath cleansed, thou that that call not thou common. This was done three times, because it's Peter. It took three times to communicate it, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself, what this vision?" Uh, which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which is surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee, arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing. Doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now think about this. This encounter is so impacting that it opens up the door for the gospel to be preached among the Gentiles what a powerful powerful thing that took place from one encounter Peter never thought he can go to the house of a Gentile he never thought that they could preach the gospel to the Gentiles it was for the Jews he thought he couldn't go into someone's house it was a Gentile and especially sit with them talk to them eat with them etc etc No, but this encounter with God opened up the door for the gospel message to be delivered to the Gentiles. And you and I should be very glad that that happened. But it took this encounter uh, with God that opened up the door. Now, the results were tremendous. In the book of Psalms, encounters take place. And sometimes I think we overlook this in the sanctuary and I'll explain that in a moment but look at Psalm 63 this is David speaking and David had some encounters with God himself you ready for an encounter with God my goal in these two messages is to help us really seek the face of God for our own personal encounters that we can walk with God in such a way says so as to have him invade our lives In powerful ways. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see your power and your glory as I have seen you in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee while I live. I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Notice, where did he encounter this? Power, glory, and loving kindness? In the sanctuary. But now he's away from the sanctuary. He is longing for another encounter with God. Like a dry and thirsty land where there's no water to drink. No food to eat. My flesh wants you. If we want an encounter with God, we've got to be hungry. We've got to be thirsty. We have to have a longing desire. And just say, Lord, I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I'm not satisfied with what's going on. There's something more out there that I need that I want and it's you it's you Lord so David longed for that and he let him know it look I saw your power and your glory and your loving kindness where in the sanctuary Well, oh, guess what this is not the sanctuary this is the sanctuary that's the sanctuary there's a sanctuary We're all the sanctuary of the Lord. And if we want encounters with God, now I'm not saying that we couldn't say that God inhabits this place because we've gathered together in his name. And we can can say that because individually and collectively we make up the temple of God, right? But listen to this. Did you come tonight expecting an encounter? Too often we get to the point that we just take some of these things for granted, you know. We're just going to go to church. We're just going to listen to a message. We're just going to go home and get warm and have a cup of chocolate or whatever, you know, and just warm up and have a wonderful time. But did you say along the way, I'm going to meet God? I'm going to meet God. I want an encounter with you. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to know what you want me to know as far as my life is concerned, Lord. I'm going to church tonight. I'm going to fellowship with other believers of like precious faith. I'm going to worship you. I'm going there to encounter you, interact with you, wait upon you, look to you. My eyes are open. My ears are attentive. I want to hear your voice. That voice speaking behind my ears, saying this is the way walk. in it. Because you see, That's personal. And he wants that personal intimacy with all of us. Now, you are the sanctuary of the Lord. And I guarantee you that you have had encounters with God. Uh, Look at this. Encounters today, and I wrote down these four, only because we can see this in the Israelites. When Actually, we can see it in the life of Elijah and Elisha, the prophets. And Elisha wanted what Elijah had. He saw what he had. He says, I want some of that. And he wanted actually double of it, didn't he? And what did Elijah say to Elisha along the way? Look, he's a Gilgal. Gilgal is their headquarters. The place where they settled when they came into the promised land, it's the headquarters. For us, it's the cross. It's Calvary. That's our headquarters. That's where we set up camp. That's what it's all about. And it's salvation. Have you encountered God in salvation? Have you been born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb? You sure have. And Elisha says, that's what I want. I want what you have. Elijah says, okay, but you stay here. I'm moving on. God sent me to Bethel. That's a holy place, like a holy house. It's a place of visitation, divine visitation, divine encountering. You can say, for us, we're the sanctuary of the Lord. We are the, 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 the holy place of the Lord right now. And what do we want? Visitation. We can encounter God. Not enough to be in this building. Anywhere we go, driving in our car, in the courtyard, when I was playing catch with my daughter, and I was really tempted to be very concerned and anxious about not being able to pay my rent. And there we are just throwing a ball back and forth. And I am meditating about the situation you know you can read our thoughts I believe because I was saying in my head Lord when I worked in the mill, I paid all my bills and now you sent me down here to Tulsa Oklahoma and I need to pay my my bill here and I don't have any money I've got two bucks left in my name I need 200 to pay the debt I'm thinking this in my head and all of a sudden I had an encounter the Holy Ghost spoke up to me in a very authoritative way and says you've got to believe you receive that money before you can have that money just like you do with healing Took me back. But you know what? The light bulb went on. And I said, I see it now. I see it now. And so, long story short, I believe I received $200. I asked him for it. I believe I received, thanked him for it. Even when the devil tried to talk me out of it, I just said, nope, I got it. 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 Thank you. Thank you. And f- f- on that following Thursday when it was due, money came in in the mail. Got a check for $200 and I paid my, my rent. That encounter with God opened up my eyes to something, brought clarity to me. A conviction that I was speaking doubt and unbelief. Or at least thinking doubt and unbelief. And then a cleansing from all the doubt. All the unbelief. All the misconceptions that we could possibly have. And now a commission to go forth. And do what? Authority. To carry out a duty. And that's believe God for something. And you know what? God came through. He came through. These are encounters that we can all have. Bethel is a place of visitation. And what is Bethel a place of? Studying the word prayer. Seeking the face of God. That's something that we promote ourselves. I want to encounter you in this way. And guess what? He can show up. You position yourself to have a wonderful encounter with God that can absolutely revolutionize a person's life. Bring a spiritual breakthrough into a person's life. Give direction as to what to do. How to produce the miracle and bring it to pass. The next one is... Uh, After that, Jericho, after Bethel, that's called a place of divine manifestation. This is where God manifests himself. Now, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm sure you're filled with the Holy Ghost. That is a manifestation of the presence of the living God inside your spirit when you got filled with Holy Ghost power and you spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave us. But that's not the only manifestation. Those walls came tumbling, tumbling down. I'm telling you, manifestation. We have a God who performs. He wants to perform in all of our lives and bring about manifestations. In other words, to see that child come back to God, to see our bodies healed and delivered, to see the financial resources come in to pay the bills, to see the church be successful and carry out the mission of the Great Commission. No matter where we're at. To see the glory of God in manifestation. Healings, deliverances, and provision, etc., etc., protection and all that. Manifestation. So He is a God, yes, of salvation. We've encountered salvation. We've encountered visitation where we've met with Him. Studying the Word of God. Getting a revelation here or there. And the manifestations being filled with the Spirit of God. And seeing this working within our lives as He he gives us utterance. As well as producing other miracles and signs and wonders. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. But the list goes on and on. Different Manifestations. Now, are you ready for the last encounter? You're going to say, oh my, or me, or ouch, or whatever. It's Jordan. No one likes Jordan because it's a place of complete surrender. It's a place where Elisha crossed over and said, I am no longer of the world. I may be in it, but I'm not of it. And when he went across Jordan, which means a complete dying to self and of the flesh, setting aside my fleshly desires and wants for the, great, the greater goodness of God and the greater work of God in my life. And so I'm setting that all aside so I can have what I want, which is a fuller, double portion, manifestation of the glory and power and the anointing of God in my life, which is what he wanted. And when he got the other side, Elijah said, if you see me go up in a whirlwind, then you know you got it. If you don't, then you don't. And he saw him go up in a whirlwind. His mantle fell. He picked up his mantle and smote the waters of the Jordan. You see, he got all the way through the Jordan where he died to flesh, died to self. And now he turned around and went right back on through those waters as they were split and said, let's do a work for Jesus. Let's do a work for God. Let's promote the the kingdom of God here upon the earth. And he did exactly what he wanted. Double the miracles that Elijah performed. So, thank God we can have An encounter with God today. And notice in the last uh, part of this, our, our end, conclusion, benefits of an encounter. Man, your spirit is energized. Your spirit, man, is just set ablaze. It's on fire. When I had that encounter in that classroom, I'm telling you something. Man, I had tears streaming down my face. I had a revelation in my heart. I had a love like I've never sensed before or experienced as far as a, even a natural, tangible way. The love of God for me. I can never deny that love of God for me. By the written word and also by this encounter that I had with God. And I can go on and on. Sanctuary can be in the meal crane. When I was in the Mill crane, on my knees before the throne of Almighty God. and Just lifting up my voice on high and experiencing And it's healing power in my life. So encounters that we can have. Your spirit is energized. But then your soul is educated. It's enlightened. It's informed. That's our thoughts. Our thinking. I'll tell you what. If we think we know anything. We're deceived. We're scratching the surface. When you talk about a God. That can set in motion a universe. And have it run the way it's running. And so on and so forth. Ask Job. Who is so Prideful and arrogant to say, "I want to box with the living God." Put on his boxing gloves. And says, "If I can find him, I'm going to ask him a question or two. I'm going to see if he can line up with what I got to say." And so when he appeared to him in a whirlwind, he had an encounter with God too, didn't he? He said, uh, "Let's let's box." The Lord said to him, "Let's put on your sparring gloves, Job. I want to ask you a few questions." He goes, oh, "I had enough. I don't want it." He said, no, "No, no, 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 no. You wanted this. Let's talk." By what chains does the earth stay in orbit? Chords. What cords holds it up there? Uh, I don't know. You know. And the list goes on and on and on. What an encounter. You talk about humility. Humbling him. What an experience. And so we get a revelation of we don't know anything. Be honest with you. What do we know? or scratching the surface when it comes to the knowledge of God. When someone can walk on water and talk to you and say, hey, come, if you come with me right now, you can walk out here with me. You've got to respect that. He's got a better understanding of it all, of it all than we do, right? If someone could say that the wind waves in the sea, peace be still, and a storm instantly stops, woo. if someone could say, drop your nets into, into the deep waters and you've got to draft a fish that is so Abundant that you're going to sink two boats? Hmm. He knows something that we don't know. Or go pay your taxes. I wish we knew this one. Go pay your taxes. Get that fish. Bring the money. Mm Mm-hmm. Next one. Your body is strengthened. And oh, how important is this? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. with wings and eagles, You're running, not weary. You're walking, not faint. Think about that. You're strengthened in the presence of God. We want physical strength, health, healing, wholeness. You see, it affects us in spirit, in soul, in body. It also affects our countenance. Our countenance is affected by it as well. There's a glow about you. When you and I are in contact with heaven, there's like a glow about us. I don't know what happens to you. If someone gets me talking about the things of God, I'm off. Are you off? I'm off. It's like someone turned, I'm off. Like they just click the button on the inside. All of a sudden, there's this boom, bubbling up and over of something on the inside that's just so good. Hallelujah. It changes your whole countenance. Let's all stand together before the Lord. Hi, Pastor Bill here. I want to thank you for joining us today. On behalf of my wife, Krista and Krista Selby Church, I want you to know that we're here to serve you and your family whether you have young children or kids in elementary school. If you're a teenager or a young adult, we have a passion to provide a safe and comfortable environment where you can grow in God and build a solid foundation of His love for you. And with that foundation, we encourage you to take the gospel of Jesus Christ with you wherever you go. It is our heart at Christian Assembly to be an outreach, to be the hand of God toward Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. We want to join as the body of Christ to make one last trumpet call before the final trumpet sound. And through a life of worship, bring in a harvest of people. With whatever gifts God has given you, we want you to be free to share those gifts and talents. Life is most fulfilled when we share God's love with others. And in all that we do, we want to demonstrate the power of the name of Jesus to the world, through a ministry of excellence, to God first, and then also to you. So whatever the situation, Wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I want you to know that we love you and God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And that plan begins by making Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. And if you've never made that decision yet, I'd like to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. And if you will, Jesus will become your Savior and your Lord. Just repeat after me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I opened the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I now accept you and receive you as my personal savior and Lord. Heavenly Father, I have called on the name of Jesus. I'm now your child, in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.